all of you Hearts Rise Up podcast listeners. Thank you for tuning your hearts in for another episode of this podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host for this episode. On this podcast, we share our own personal experiences, tips and strategies, along with powerful stories and compelling insights from guests that we bring on our show. Our purpose is to inspire you to rise up to your best and greatest self, tap into your own inner wisdom, and elevate your state of being, your life, and the world around you. It's that simple. So let's get right into today's episode. I am so thrilled to introduce Mandara Cromwell. Let me tell you a little bit about Mandara. She was born into a loving family in the farmlands of Kansas. Her studies of art and philosophy led her to follow a spiritual path to India where she was introduced to sacred sound. Later, after much investigation, she discovered that science confirmed her spiritual experiences. As a visionary, she invented the AMI Acoustic Meridian Intelligent Devices and created her own company, Sima Technologies. She's the CEO and president of this company. Additionally, she does all the manufacturing for the Acoustic Meridian Intelligence Devices, and she was recently, in 2013, she was nominated for the Thomas Edison Award for Innovation in the Fields of Science and Medicine. Mandara has founded also ISTA, the International Sound Therapy Association, which provides educational programs, community outreach, and produces annual conferences drawing together new voices in the field of sound science. Her business has the express purpose of designing and producing sound therapy devices that provide state-of-the-art therapy and research potential on the efficacy of sound as a healing modality. She travels the U.S. and abroad lecturing on sound as the medicine of the future and continues to develop the latest in sound technology devices and education. She's been a guest on various radio and television programs demonstrating sound healing, both with ancient instruments and her own innovative devices. She finds her greatest joy in being a devoted grandmother of three. Mandara, welcome to the show. Carol, it's great to be with you here today. I'm very excited to uh, to have this conversation with you and share with your listeners. And I also want to say you have just written this, uh, within the last year or so, this fascinating book called Soundflower, The Journey to Marry Science and Spirit. And I, I must say, it's a fascinating read about your life story and how you have brought this sound therapy you know, into a, a, a bigger light within the world and making an impact on people's lives. Can you share with, share with me and our listeners what triggered you on this path? How did you get started on this path? I know you have a rich background of things that, have, that you have experienced in life, but I, would, I think it would be great to just maybe that's our good starting point. It started in the beginning <laughs> as a child. <laughs> um, I grew up in a devout Catholic family. We attended a Gothic-style architecture church where the sound of the uh, Latin masses and um, the huge pipe organ and, and choir, all of those amazing resonances just permeated the whole air when you walked into the church. Even when 
it was silent. You could actually feel this field of vibration, or or I could. <laughs> I'll take responsibility for, for my own feelings. You know, I uh, would look at the angels painted on the ceiling with their halos, and I would see the saints in the stained glass windows with their halos, and I would see them vibrate. Like, this is a real... Um, extra special field Mm -hmm. that was creating this whole um you know resonance Mm -hmm. almost came to life and and it came to life Mm -hmm. right and so really that was my uh first introduction to the principles of resonance and entrainment Mm -hmm. and so not only could i feel the sound and the music within my own body, I could feel it as it bounced off the walls with that particular type of architecture. Mm -hmm. And for those who have studied sacred geometry, you know, those um, types of arcs and domes really have a a very specific acoustic effect on human physiology. So Mm -hmm. that was my beginning. What led you into this path um, further? basically, because you're, um, you went to school, you studied Eastern studies, and eventually you found yourself in India. What, what brought you there? How did, how did that happen in your life? <laughs> well, I uh, was very fascinated with art and architecture, and so uh, my background is in art history. And while I was in college, I took a philosophy course. And mm-hmm. in that course is when I learned about Eastern religions and reincarnation. And I just felt this, <laughs> this really explains a lot. And uh, about that time, there were spiritual teachers coming to America mm-hmm. who, you know, this is in the um, late 60s, early 70s, and they were leading meditation uh, retreats. And I had a very profound experience. After college, I knew that I wanted to study Eastern philosophy uh, a little more, um, but I was taking a break. Mm-hmm. And um, one time I, I uh, and this is in my book, so for people that want to know the, the real details about this experience, you can read more about it there. But I went to visit my parents in Kansas. And um, I woke up one morning and I remember telling my dad, I had this dream last night that I became immortal. And he looked at me (laughs) with a raised eyebrow. (laughs) So I'm one of five girls. I'm the oldest. And, um, you know, I have the sister who's the doctor, the (laughs) lawyer. I have a a CPA, all of the uh, very traditional professions. But I was the one that he always said, that one, her ball bounces a little differently. (laughs) So for him to look at me with a raised eyebrow was, okay, I'm going to have to tell him the dream now, right? (laughs) And I said, you know, I um, dreamt that I was in this grayscale environment. And I was walking down a path, and I noticed that my shoe was untied. So I bent over to tie my shoe, and as I'm tying my shoe, I sense that there are people behind me. Mm. They're in conversation, and they're coming Mm -hmm. down the path right behind me. And they're so close. What do I do if I just jump up and, you know, that could startle them and 
interrupt their flow of conversation. Mm-hmm. So why don't I just, you know, they're probably in their vision seeing me crouch down there tying my shoe and they're just going to kind of walk around me and continue on their path. That's not what happened. I was crouched down tying my shoe and there were three of them as I, you know, in, in the dream state, you can see all uh, 360 degrees. And um, the one in the middle pulled out a long saber that had this jewel-encrusted handle with gemstones and gold. And and that was the only part of the dream that was in color. Mm -hmm. And he takes that saber and pierces my spine. Wow. (laughs) The two on either side had shorter daggers, again, with gold and jewel-encrusted handles. And they cut my arms the next of course I'm not feeling any pain this is Mm -hmm. just all you know so the next vignette of the dream is I wake up and I see I'm now in color everything has this golden hue I'm lying on a table in a morgue with a sheet draped across me uh, up to my neck I open my eyes I see okay I'm in a morgue and I turn my head to the right and as I look over I see this little brown skinned man lying on his side propped up with his elbow (laughs) holding his head and he's got you know like a a rosary around his neck which I later learn Mm -hmm. is a mala but he looks at me and he goes well you know you're immortal now (laughs) and I then shift my head back to center because I'm like taking this in and integrating this and suddenly I see myself at the edge of this cliff and then everything explodes and Mm -hmm. I become scintillating diamonds of the whole universe. Mm -hmm. In my book I call that the initiation and for your followers who are familiar with a type of Shaktipat Mm -hmm. uh, or spiritual initiations that the dream has many more significant um, aspects to it but truly that uh, was the launch Mm -hmm. into my path three days after I left my parents house I joined my uh, friends in um, Colorado and they say hey we're going to go to this meditation retreat and I go you know I've always wanted to know how to meditate and so we go to this meditation retreat and I'm going to fast forward a lot but we get there mm-hmm. and there we are uh, we, we don't meet the spiritual teacher yet we're all ushered into this hall where we're having dinner Across the table from me is this woman in this sapphire blue sari. And she is carrying on and on about the benefits of meditation. Mm -hmm. Carol, her eyes were the most radiant diamonds I had ever seen. She was, and I, I looked at her and I said, if meditation can make my eyes sparkle like hers, <laughs> I really want to know how to do it now. Absolutely. <laughs> the next morning, we were all supposed to get up at 5 a.m. to go to the meditation hall. It was dark. I didn't know what to do, so I sat in the back. And I kind of closed my eyes. And I guess what was about an hour later, I opened my eyes. And there, at the front of the room, was that little brown man who I had seen in my dream I go oh my gosh that is wild 
And so from that point on, that just, that puts you on a path. Well, to, that, you know, at some point yeah. you go, now, wait a minute, is this really happening? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I hadn't done any drugs. I hadn't drunk anything <laughs> that was superficially you, intoxicated. You were just blown away. I, I was just like, oh, my goodness. It, it, what reality have I stepped into? Uh-huh. But, you know, it's that first quest that... Um, we have when we come in that we need to, uh, you know, they always say that first gut reaction is the right one. Exactly. And I think uh, this happens for a lot of people. If they look back very, very young, we have that seed mm-hmm. planted within our heart of what we're here to fulfill. Oh, I like that. Seed within our heart. <laughs> and, you know, life sometimes get in the way I always like the saying of um, uh, the Jesuit uh, scientist Pierre Teilhard uh, de Chardin who said that we are spiritual beings here having a human experience mm-hmm. and you know we come to this plane of duality of course we don't realize <laughs> fully what we're <laughs> what we've signed up for but when we get here this life offers us so many experiences the frequencies and vibrations, and, and it's all such an adventure. And sometimes we, you know, forget. Mm-hmm. We, we Oh, this looks really fascinating. What's over here? And, uh, you know, we go down that path for a while, and then we go, you know what? This is not feeling very fulfilling, kind of like eating junk food, I say. Right. <laughs> and there go, was a path that you were on at one point that you realized was not the path for you. It is not the right I have always been called back Mm -hmm. to my spiritual, whenever I feel like I've been eating junk food, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm talking about that in a spiritual context where you go, this is an empty experience. I'm not getting any, I feel like I'm just here, kind of like a gerbil on a wheel, or I'm just kind of, my grandson has this little thing called a spinner. Mm -hmm. And I go, gee, you can get caught on that spinner. Sometimes we find ourselves caught in a physical level mm-hmm. on this chronic pain cycle. Right. And it could be physical pain or it could be emotional pain. And that always shows up within our field mm-hmm. with the people that we find ourselves around. Mm-hmm. Or it, you know, we can touch in our, our own physical body, you know, to say, gosh, I'm, I'm always having a headache or my eyes are always watering and itchy or, uh, you know, my, my knee is always hurting. I think all of these things are actually pointing us Mm -hmm. to a specific direction, and we just have to figure out what that direction is for us. And we have to have the courage to explore it. Oh, gosh, courage and perseverance. (laughs) (laughs) And we can't forget the love for ourselves. Because some of it, well, in in my particular case, um, because I did come from a family that um, all of my sisters are achievers, Mm-hmm. And I go, gosh, going to medical school is just not my thing. Oh, CPA numbers. My <laughs> my approach to numbers is a little bit different than all those columns and <laughs> <laughs> how they have to equal. <laughs> this. Anyway, you know, in the traditional sense, we as parents, and, and I'm a parent now mm-hmm. too, our parents, they always want something better for us. Absolutely. We as parents always want something better for our children. And so how do we get out of our way 
to achieve that. And it's really hard sometimes to, you know, be um, a parent Mm -hmm. to a child who is choosing something that is not just directly linear. Exactly. Exactly. So I imagine there were some challenges there, possibly, with your, your family since you took a different route and everyone else took the more traditional route. Yes. Well, you know, I uh, found myself um, a college degree and 26, 27 years old with no uh, only living in a spiritual atmosphere Mm -hmm. in an ashram. And uh, that's when you went to India. That's when I went to India. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here, everyone else who was in my class, they're already embarked, you know, They've already had their entry-level job. They've already graduated up into middle management. They're already owning their first house and all that. And here I am in India, uh, you know, wearing a sari and my hair piled on top of my head and waking up at 3 a.m. to meditate. And that, so, little, that little brown man in your dream, he ended up being your teacher, right? That's right. So is that how that's you right. ended up in, in India? Exactly, exactly. So once you experience deep levels of meditation, you are hooked. Right. And I want to say, Carol, that for people, if, excuse me, if they can learn to meditate, that is the tried and true proven way that has been written in the Vedic texts. The Vedic mm-hmm. texts are our oldest spiritual texts that still exist today. They are thousands and thousands of years old. Um, they were an oral tradition until the second millennium BC when they started wow. writing them down. So this is a really old tradition. And what's very interesting is that today, and, and I go into this a little bit in my book, mm-hmm. today we have science that's validating all of those exactly. old traditions. Harvard University has, you know, the the monks, um, you know, Tibetan monks, the... Um, the study uh, that they did. Exactly, mm-hmm. of showing the power mm-hmm. of meditation. And, um, you know, I go the, into this in, in my book, too, as a real self-help. I provide a way for people to look at sound flowers, or what I call cymoglyphs, mm-hmm. which are... Um, healing sound images to gaze into that to help them embark on their path of meditation and um, so it's so important to learn a little bit about meditation and I I understand totally I when I came back from India I ran a meditation center and I you know taught a lot of people uh, beginning meditation how to just step onto that path not everyone is open to being whacked by a I know. Spiritual master and go, okay, <laughs> tell me what's next. I read somewhere recently, it's, there's like, uh, some study said that there's like only 8% of the American population that have explored meditation or that do meditation. So I was, I was even kind of surprised that it's, it was even that high, to be honest with you, because this is such an external world. You just don't see people taking the time to go within. But it is becoming more and more of a practice, and particularly with mindfulness within the last 20 years, is um, the, the Western you know, piece of mindfulness with John Kabat-Zinn has really kind of helped to elevate meditation and mindfulness uh, within the Western world. And, and you're, what you're trying to do right now is to really elevate sound and, and healing 
um, sound therapy for healing. Let's talk a little bit about your mission there and the path that 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 got you. Because you, I mean, the, your book goes into all the trials and tribulations, but there had to have been at one point. Um, in this journey of bringing this sound therapy in these devices to the world where it was probably one of your most challenging moments where you had to make some some challenging decisions you know it all stems from meditation and Mm -hmm. my um, desire to help other people to learn how to meditate and you know I um, moved to the Atlanta area Uh, in the late 70s and around that time um, yoga and meditation wasn't real popular (laughs) and I always wanted to know how can I help others you know I have found such a a great rewarding gift that has been bestowed upon me Mm -hmm. in this lifetime how do I help others who are struggling because what's your go-to that's the bottom line when this, <laughs> when we ventured mm-hmm. out into uh, a, a journey that is maybe taking us in a place where we don't really care to be. That's right. What's your go-to? How are you going to get back to center? And meditation is it. Absolutely. So I, um, and, and when I was in India, I um, studied the um, oldest medical tradition that we still have that exists today called Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. And Ayurveda wasn't very popular back then in the United States either. But what was becoming popular was Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. So there was this whole Asian influence coming from the West Coast over. And at that time, Emory University um, had um, a Chinese doctor who was teaching acupuncture mm-hmm. for like anesthesiology uh, type of, uh, you know, pain relief, that mm-hmm. type of thing. And for some reason, we all like to have the science behind what we're doing. Like, is anybody else doing this or am I just really weird out there? So when you tell them that, well, there's a Chinese doctor at Emory University who uses acupuncture. Something about, oh, Emory University. Okay, well, that's a credible it source. It's the, the, the credibility. Exactly. So for many years, I just, you know, was kind of a closet when people would say, how do you handle with your, st- how do you deal with your stress? How do you, you know, uh, stay so calm? I would just say, well, you know, I, I'm a longtime meditator. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, yeah, right. I heard about that. But they weren't interested in it. And, you know, there's nothing more frustrating than offering someone a banquet and then declining. So I would only just say, well, this is what I do. You know, if you're interested, I'd be happy to tell you more about it. But, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Exactly. So then... I would always play beautiful music in my house and people who would come over, they go, oh gosh, your house is just so calm and everything, you know. And so I would say, well, you know, I um, try to keep this entrainment perspective and I would relate it back to my church days mm-hmm. <laughs> of where, you know, if you have this grid architecturally set up and then of course, you know, we call it feng shui. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hindu tradition is vastu, is is the art of placement. So you can place things in in a certain geometric grid, Mm -hmm. and you can play certain types of music, and this will build the energies. So sound has always been the fastest way that I have found to help people and to help myself. So 
we're going to fast forward a couple of decades, a few decades, when one day I received a phone call from a fellow meditator and who I hadn't met before, and he introduced me to Dr. Hans Yenny's work. Mm-hmm. And that's the work of cymatics, mm-hmm. where he actually took modern-day equipment and made sound visible. Amazing. And so when you look at my book, you'll see different cymatic images. images, And these are um, very specific. They're not computer-generated images. They are done in a um, controlled laboratory Mm -hmm. to produce the very highest quality so that you can see the dimensions of the sound becoming visible Mm -hmm. in the image. And these particular images are our specific healing codes. Now, I think what you're getting to is... Where did those images come from? Who is the next person I learned about, which is uh, who is Dr. Peter Guy Manners, a Mm -hmm. British osteopath. And Carol, when I heard about him, he had a sound device that created healing patterns for people uh, that ha- the the healing patterns for different parts of the body. So mm-hmm. your liver, your gallbladder, your adrenals, your pancreas. You know, all different parts of uh, every organ has its own special sets of frequencies. And I just had this aha moment. I thought, oh my gosh, all of these years, mm-hmm. I have been trying to help people with sound and meditation. And not getting very far. Right. Now, I had been introduced to Hans Yenny, who is making sound visible. I go, oh my gosh, now I can, all of those healing mantras, I could actually make them visible Mm -hmm. and show people the power of sound. Not only that, the cherry on the top of all of (laughs) what I was being introduced to was this British osteopath where he had studied with a collaborative group of scientists Mm -hmm. different healing codes that could actually bring the physical body back into resonance. So So are the codes fed into, were they fed into a particular instrument or how, how how did he use those codes and how did he develop them? You know, we have such an interesting past in that, um, some of your listeners may remember World War II. So right after World War II, Dr. Manners uh, went to Germany mm-hmm. because he heard that they were working in the laboratories about sound. Mm-hmm. Now, before he went there, he had studied, uh, not only was he a medical doctor and, and Ph.D., etc., but he had studied radionics. And so that's another study of uh energy fields but he had heard that in Germany there was a lot of um, evidence that sound was being used to help the healing process of the body so he traveled to Germany and spent some time there and it was there that he and his collaborative group came together Mm -hmm. and they investigated different frequencies now these are all audible Mm -hmm. sound frequencies and how they affect living tissue and so when I met him I said well so are these like Rife frequencies he said oh no 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 because a lot of people think about Dr. Rife and his success with uh, Mm -hmm. destroying the cancer pathogens 
And he said, no, 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 Rife is using, you know, one or two electromagnetic frequencies to destroy pathogens. So this was different. What we're using are is mechanical, not electromagnetic, mm. mechanical ways of audible sound mm -hmm. to bring the body back to resonance, to support the body, not to kill the pathogens, but to support the body. So if I stopped and thought about that, Gosh, that makes so much sense because look what we do today, particularly what we'll just take cancer as an mm -hmm. example. A lot of people are given chemotherapy, which is a poisonous drug. So, you know, you're they're trying to kill something that's kill not cancer cells, good, right? right. Yes. But meanwhile, you're making the re the host <laughs> very sick. You know, the, the body doesn't, the, the, the chemo doesn't just go to the cancer cells, it goes... To everything. to everything, right. So this made a lot of sense to me. I go, oh my gosh, this is so fantastic. If you gave the body enough good energy, if you gave the body energy, period, because when we're really sick, we're lacking energy. That's why the body, like just say we have a cold virus, go to bed, sleep 24 hours, take drink lots of fluids, all that, get the virus going out, right? Right. So if you could just rest and have the body bring its own immune system on board, get the energy mm -hmm. going in that direction, and then it can kick out the bad guys. It made perfect sense. So I said, okay, well, Rife uses one or two frequencies. Are What are you using? He said, oh, we tried one frequency, we tried two, we tried three, we tried four and almost gave up. But then when we hit five, he said that was the jackpot. Now, this is very interesting. Integrating them all together? It's like a special quintet playing to your oh. liver. Another special quintet mm -hmm. is playing to your adrenals. Another special quintet is playing to your kidneys. So we have these five. And so I had to think about this. Oh, Carol, here is a very important point. This is, I'm about to tie in the ancient Vedic tradition with mm -hmm. the number five and the five frequencies of cymotherapy. When I was in India... I learned about the five koshas, mm -hmm. and these are the five bodies. So we have the physical body, and then we have the four subtle bodies. When these bodies are in coherence, we're in harmony. Harmony and balance. Right. Within the body. Exactly. But let's just say we have an emotional hit. Mm -hmm. That takes our emotional body way out of whack and what's happening i mean you can just think of the last time somebody said something to you that was shocking your emotional body go oh my gosh and it permeates your whole sphere and how long does it take you to kind of calm down and, and bring all the it coherence in? really depends on the person depends on <laughs> the person depends on the event depends mm -hmm. on the triggers emotionally psychologically from it could be from our ancestors. Anyway, there's a lot going on there in that five-body deep coherence. subject. <laughs> Very deep subject for another time. But I realize, oh, five frequencies, five bodies. If I could use this to help people get energy in their physical body, because when people are cranky and tired, they need to have yes, the energy. Yes. 
to bump them up a little bit, right? If I could get them some energy, if I could help this coherence factor start coming on board, I feel like I created a device that's like a master pitch pipe. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it'll cure anything. I'm just saying that it's a very targeted approach using sound to help bring the body, the mind, and the spirit back to coherence. If you are in even a calm state, like we try to get to, because that's the power of meditation, getting into the calm state. Mm -hmm. Studies have shown that when we make decisions from our prefrontal cortex, they are usually good and long-lasting decisions. But when we're in a chronic pain or inflammatory cycle, which is what is related to all the degenerative conditions that we have Mm -hmm. out there today, it's also related to uh, brain states or people who are agitated or or maybe some mental instability. They have a lot of inflammation going on there. When we're in that cycle, we make hasty decisions, and those are nine times out of ten very poor decisions Mm -hmm. so I thought if I could provide a tool with the AMI 750 which is the device that was nominated for the Edison Award like a master pitch pipe that could help people on a daily basis and for the people that you know want something just Mm -hmm. very simple um, you know I offer the Soundflower experiences that I like I have in my book Mm -hmm. So you took the research that was being done by Dr. Manners and um, what was the other gentleman's name? Uh, uh, Dr. Yenny. Yenny. Yeah. And you've, you've taken it and you've just moved it forward, basically. And you've, you've actually designed and manufactured a couple of, of newer um, tools or machines. So tell us a little bit about what you went through to to push this forward because he was he was experiencing Dr. Manage was experiencing some pretty remarkable results. He was. And um, I do want to clarify that Dr. Yenny, mm-hmm. um, even though he was a Swiss medical doctor, he uh, is the person who coined the term cymatics, okay. which is the science of making sound mm-hmm. visible. Got it. And he passed on in the early 70s. Okay. It's Dr. Manners who uh, worked with the collaborative scientists and, and applied sound to healing okay and out of respect to dr yenny and his amazing pioneering efforts he uh named his therapy cymatic therapy when i came along and mm-hmm. met dr manners um i realized that he was having a difficult time mm-hmm. making uh getting his products developed mm-hmm. and so i said to him hey i don't know if you're interested but if you want to bring your manufacturing to the united states i could help you with that Mm -hmm. and he jumped at that and um, so to clarify uh, I coined the the name cymotherapy Mm -hmm. to kind of separate cymatics and cymatic therapy to to, you know cymatics is the science of making sound visible cymotherapy is Mm -hmm. the therapeutic application of sound and so Dr. Manners had like these 750 codes all with five frequencies that help different parts of the body mm-hmm. and so I asked him I said well what kind of research on <laughs> the typical American of course, what yes. kind of research <laughs> have you got here on this and he said well you know I have these people you can interview them they're in my my waiting room and uh, 
basically, Carol, he had no research. Mm. I mean, he, it was all anecdotal. Yes. Which, and so after I, uh, you know, we formed our partnership, um, he allowed me into his files, and I said, what's, what's, de- what's the deal with these files? Here people come one, two, three, four, five times, and then what happens to them? And he goes, well, they get well. <laughs> Why would they come back if they're well? <laughs> so I was like, I love oh, that. gosh. <laughs> so, um, so I knew I had my work cut out for me because in America we want to show me uh, what's really happening here. We can't see sound. And that's why it's so exciting that we now have people uh, like my colleague, John Stuart Reed, who is in the UK, who has invented the cymoscope, mm-hmm. who's making sound visible and doing these experiments in very controlled laboratory settings to be able to see what sound looks like. And he has uh, scoped, you know, kind of kind of like Dr. Emoto, you know, mm-hmm. in his messages from water, when there's a sound that's not very nice, it looks kind of ugly. But when you have a mm-hmm. beautiful sound, you see, you know, this beautiful flower forming on top of the water. So what I have done with all of the um, 750 coses, I do research and uh, because I want to prove their efficacy. Mm-hmm. And in the device that I've created uh, that is the most popular device is uh, the AMI 750. We have 10 very profound channels mm-hmm. um, for stress relief, for musculoskeletal pain, for inflammatory pain, for vitality. A lot of people just have don't have any energy to get out of bed mm-hmm. in the day. So anyway, we have, um, you know, protocols to support the immune system and the respiratory system, the digestive system. So is everything like pre-programmed in there? Um, But I know you've got trained people who are certified and actually utilizing some of the the bigger equipment, I guess the more powerful equipment, but you also have some some for personal use. Right, yes, the AMI 750 is very Mm user-friendly. And um, so we have these 10 protocols that are each uh, about 30 minutes in length. and people can do one or two of them a day if they, they want to. We have a um, advanced uh, therapist team of people mm-hmm. who, when people purchase a device, we put them in touch with our advanced therapists, and they get free consultation of if they have a particular health goal that they're working towards, which channel to use and, mm-hmm. and how to use it mm-hmm. to, uh, to achieve that. Amazing. What's your vision? for this I mean this is the current state right now but where 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 do you want to take this where where do you where do you see this down the road well I have a a, a lot more uh, research that I'd like to do I uh, love doing research and um, so some of the partners things that that, uh, um, well you know I'm a self-funded entity (laughs) I am I'm going to take a sidestep here and tell you that I'm really honored that there are many very well-known doctors and scientists Mm -hmm. associated with some really amazing universities who are using my device. However, they cannot say that they're using them. Because most of the universities are funded by pharmaceutical companies. Mm. And so in the beginning, I was very excited about this when they would say, oh, I'm with 
such and such university. And I go, oh my gosh, a research partner. Thank you, Lord, for sending me this. Angels, oh my gosh, they are with me. And I would say, okay, so tell me, how would you like to go about this? You know, you've heard my, you know, preliminary presentation. You've seen some of my data. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've, I've got the attention of this caliber of person. I can just imagine the excitement. Excitement. That you've been feeling. And then they say, well, actually, I can't really say anything. Mm-hmm. I'm really wanting to use this for my wife. I'm really want so mm. now in a way that's an honor yes because what doctor do you want to go to the one that all the other doctors send their family members to right, right. <laughs> so in one way I'm I'm really happy that they're looking outside the box to where is healthcare going and see I think that is a very key indicator even though I become deflated and I go well okay I'm still you know back to where I'm going I can't mention their name um I can say this just last week on WABE NPR there was a segment Mm -hmm. where um a nurse at Wellstar was chosen to create an employee renewal center And they are so excited to have the AMI 750 in their employee renewal center to help their employees de-stress. So other than that, (laughs) they are not endorsing the AMI 750. Mm -hmm. They just have the feedback from their employees that they really like it. Mm -hmm. So as you can probably guess, hospitals um, have a challenge with burnout and employee retention and it's a very stressful environment and to entrain mm-hmm. to that just think if you are in the ER and you know it's always this fight or flight when do we help those people exactly. to calm down and take a break from that cycle so I'm really excited that um, it's accepted there so back to my vision um, my vision is that we can um, have sound, therapy, non-invasive therapeutic sound as a choice for our patient population, for everyone who's out mm. there. There are some things that we need to be mindful of mm-hmm. in using sound because they're really good sounds mm-hmm. and there are sounds that are not so helpful to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, when you go into a restaurant and they're p- playing that really fast beat, loud, <laughs> crashing <laughs> noise music. I can, I can tell you, I, I attest to that. <laughs> I, I am very sensitive to sound. I do not like loud noises. Well, that'll interfere with your digestive process. So Maybe it's that's good. my problem. Then. <laughs> so it's good if people just become mindful. And as a matter of fact, if you go to the International Sound Therapy Association homepage, we list three tips that you can incorporate uh, today and really? how to be mindful about the sounds in your environment. And one of them is what is going on around your meal. Are you having, you know, com- you know, some like the monks? That's amazing. And I never, never have, would have given it thought like that. But that, the way you say it, it makes perfect sense. Yes. Oh, uh, you know, because it, it's, it's our environment that affects us. So we monks to- and, and and in the ashram, we always ate in silence. 
And uh, in a lot of these restaurants, you know, if, if the beat is very fast, you're chewing very fast, or maybe you're not chewing at all. <laughs> because you're in training to that sound, you're in training to that and music. I can, I can feel right now, it's just like total incoherence. <laughs> I can feel, you know, I'm just amazed, I'm imagining it right now in my mind, because that's the way I feel, total incoherence. Exactly. I mean, I hate going out to restaurants, especially loud ones. I much prefer uh, a quieter, more relaxed kind of environment. And the over-the-counter digestive aids is in the billions. Yeah. So, you know, people eat at restaurants like that, and then they stop by the drugstore or the uh, quick mart along the way back to work and grab (laughs) something to help their digestive process. Well, I'd love to see you be able to get one of these in every home, ho- every household in America, even, even in the world. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, this has been a fascinating, fascinating interview. I, I have a few more questions, if I may, just kind of just kind of keep it a little bit lighter and uh, see some of the humor here. But what's your favorite pastime? My favorite pastime is yoga. Put oh, me really? on a mat. Put me on a mat and <laughs> I, I let me stretch you, and bend. I thought you were going to say meditation. But <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the first thing that I do before I meditate. So, okay. <laughs> so do that. And then, you know, I, I love um, I love my grandchildren and yeah. to hang out with young minds. You know, anybody who is stuck in a rut, go hang out with some young people and. I mean, not a whole room of them because (laughs) (laughs) that might be a little overdose. But, you know, to enter into the world of a two-year-old is just like get present. Yeah. And their mind is just amazing. It's so free, isn't it? It is. It's, It's lovely. But that will soon change. We just have to try to protect them as long as we can. What lifts you up? Meditation. Meditation. I have to admit, personally... That's uh, that's what does it to me. That's what I go to. Um, if I'm feeling down, I I go meditate. Go within. The mm-hmm. answer is within. And if if I could offer to your your listeners, who say that they can't meditate, they don't know how to meditate. Meditate. You know, I've worked with people for decades on meditation and tried to figure out different ways to make it easy and really Mm -hmm. approachable for people. And sound is the easiest way to jump on that, what I call a magic carpet, Mm -hmm. and ride the sound. Um, You know, there are some types of meditation that use mantra. Um, I invite your listeners to go to my website at simatechnologies.com on the media page. They can download a free Simaglyph sound flower that they can gaze into. There are some very simple um, instructions that accompany it, like just get yourself comfortable in a chair and breathe. And then look look at this visual um, expression of a healing code. You know, we process 4 billion bits of information every second that's a lot that's a lot of information 10 million of that is through our eyes and we're such an outward i think you mentioned it a little earlier we're such an outward looking society to look inward is just kind of like what and so this kind of gives everyone a visual focus Mm-hmm. And so if we can imprint on the retina, on the, you know, occipital cortex uh, through taking in through the eye a healing code, it will help people get into that meditative state. I'm going to try that myself. I can't wait to dig into that. 
What helps you feel grounded and centered? Meditation, taking a walk. Yes, take walking in green, green, just getting out in nature. I was going to say, do you get out in nature? Do you like to get out outdoors? I, yes, awesome. love walking and biking. What is the best advice that you've received from someone? When I thought that nobody understands me, the words from a very beloved friend said, of course nobody understands you, you're you. Nobody has done what you have done before. You are going to have to figure it out. I love that. That's awesome. Any advice you have for others to rise up to their best self? Don't give up. And when you feel like it's time to give up, just take a break. (laughs) (laughs) It just Just means (laughs) when all of the doors and windows appear to be closed, (laughs) maybe they are. If you can, go do something else. Um, if, if you, um, you know, I was at a place at one time where I go, well, I can't just take a vacation. I can't just withdraw. I need to pay the mortgage. Mm. So just go get a job, any job doesn't matter. Just put yourself in a positive, uh, as positive as possible environment to pay the bills until you get back to your norm or, or something that you can um, call your norm. But take a break and then come back to it fresh. I think I read a, um, I guess it's a a biography of Albert Einstein once. And he said that, or or, or somebody wrote that about Mm -hmm. him, that he would just be, you know, he wanted to ride the light beam. And uh, it's like, he just couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out, went away, and then it came to him. And I have uh, bought into that process myself because it's happened to me when Mm -hmm. I just can't figure things out and you just literally see every door is closed and there's no windows that just take a break and it'll come to you. A lot of times what I'll do is before I go to bed at night, I just, you know, if if I've been wrestling with something, I just, I meditate on it and I just say, just, you know, bring me the answers in my dreams. And usually when I wake up in the morning, you know, it's a brand new day and something, uh, some sort of inspiration, you know, s- speaks to me. And, and sometimes it just reveals itself slowly throughout the day. So there's a lot to be said for that. I think that's great advice. A lot. Another thing that I uh, did at one time is, um, you know, whenever you, <laughs> you're having a pity party, <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm just so weird and nobody knows what I'm trying to do and I just can't get everybody, anybody to believe in what I'm doing. Um, I went and worked in a soup kitchen. Wow. And feeding the homeless. And one day a man looked at me with eyes that... I mean, who was this being, Mm -hmm. looked at me with eyes and he said, you are here. I was like, what does he mean by that? And then it hit me like, oh, I am here. (laughs) But anyway, just little things like that are, I think, and and a lot of that is in my book where, Mm -hmm. you know, if we pay attention to the signs and symbols around us, we are being guided, even when we think we've gone off on the wrong path. Exactly. And sometimes it just takes someone else to kind of, you know, make the point if we haven't realized that. 
That's the universe awesome. is always holding up a mirror. Absolutely. Yeah. One last question. If you were to leave this earth and be reborn again, what would you like to come back as? Oh, Bodhisattva, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for that, too. <laughs> Mandara, thank you so much. This has just been a wonderful discussion. It's so fabulous to have you on the show. And where can people learn um, more about you? My website is Sima Technologies, and that is spelled with a C. C-Y-M-A Technologies, T-E-C-H-N-O-L-O-G-I-E-S dot com. And yes, please um, contact me through the website, ask me uh, questions, and go and visit your um, visit the media page to download the uh, free Soundflower Cymoglyph. Sounds great. We'll put that all in our show notes so that everyone has easy access to that. And I just want to thank you so much, and I just wish you all the best of success in your future endeavors as you carry this forward for the rest of the world. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stay with us just a bit longer before you go. We hope today's show helped to bring a bit more joy and happiness into your heart. We hope it inspired you to unleash your own inner power and to rise up to your best self and your loving, heart-centered, higher self. Just a few things before we go. We'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review on iTunes because those reviews are important to our show. And we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and share the show with others. And finally, let us know what tips and strategies you use to rise up to your highest self by reaching out to us at www.heartsriseup.com or email us at hello at heartsriseup.com. Well, that's it for now. Until next time, keep rising up and may love and happiness always be in your heart. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.